Worthy. Did he get in? No. They say he's down inside the one-yard line. Billy Bowman hit him. Gabriel. Calling for the shotgun snap. Has it. Back to throw. Looking. Longhorns almost had him. He threw the end zone. Caught touchdown. Nick Anderson with 15 seconds remaining in the game. Final play of the game, barring a penalty. Shotgun snap back to Ewers. Steps up. Looks. Fires. Hit as he throws, but he fires for the end zone. And it is tipped and incomplete. And that'll do it. Oklahoma wins the game. A final drive downfield. And a touchdown throw from Dylan Gabriel into the end zone to Nick Anderson. Gives Oklahoma the victory this afternoon. Well, there you go. The lowlights from the Texas side with Craig Way calling the action there. Uh, it's fun to get the other perspective, isn't it? Well, yeah. If if you come out on top like you did on Saturday, I I knew it was loud. Uh, I was I was there. I, I felt it. I think I contributed to how loud the OU side was. You did. We could tell from the video you yeah, posted. Yeah, yeah. Uh, happy that happy that I was. I think that radio broadcast, out of everything that I've seen, out of everything that I've heard has made me say, good God, that side of the Cotton Bowl was loud. More, And I've seen a lot of videos, man, a lot of celebration videos. Uh, heard you guys just radio highlights, but golly, it sounded loud when well, they were doing those final plays. You know, they they were in the visitor's radio booth, or were they in the home, visit, uh, home booth? Whatever. Um, it's on the... Far side. Far yeah. side. So it is the closest in into OU's crowd, which <laughs> but is did an it not interesting sound, perspective. You knew no. it was crazy. You've seen yeah. a lot of videos too, but their radio highlights is like, dang, man. It, dang. It was crazy loud. That's what I've always said yeah. is it's shocking that 50,000 or slightly below can be that crazy and that loud. It's just – the right 50,000 go down there for the game, right? Well, I'm, I'm hoping the right 85,000, 87,000 show up for SEC games next year, and I think that they're yeah. going to. But with a bunch of crap home games for a while now and a bunch of crap kickoff times, you haven't necessarily had a reason to get jacked up for 11 a.m. against Iowa State. I Like a fun thought is like we see a different crowd at OU Texas every year. Mm-hmm. Might we see something even more incredible than that when Alabama, Tennessee, and some others come to town here you in, will. in the next? I mean, that's that's going to be that's what it's going to be because you're going to have more uh, as the demand goes up. The it's going to be harder to get there, and the people that really want to be in there for the game are going to find their way in, right? And now whenever you've got a whole hum game, the people that just kind of, oh, yeah, that's that's kind of what we do. Not that they're going to phase out. I think it's just going to be a better environment. You think we play – it feels like we're going to play 11 a.m. the rest of the way, doesn't it? Well, I mean, there's only one more game left that's not 11 a.m., and we don't know the kickoff time for that one. TCU's 11 a.m., UCF's 11 a.m. Well, yeah, UCF's 11 a.m. Yeah. TCU is 11 a.m. the day after Thanksgiving. 
And West Virginia is the only home kickoff time that we don't know yet. Well, okay, yeah. You meant like, you meant like the remaining yes. games of the regular season? It's crazy that we do only have – Well, I mean, here's if KU wins this weekend – that could be a big noon game. The final Bedlam game could be I a know, big noon game. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's like. Yeah. OU would... stays unbeaten. Sure. Yeah, of course. The Big 12 championship games at 11 a.m. We're in a position God. where the better we are, the more likely we, likely we are to be 11 a.m. Not sh- prime That's time. why I wasn't shocked that OU UCF was 11 a.m. Right. Some said, what? Why would they want UCF at 11 a.m.? Not about UCF. No. It never, never was. It's, it's, a, it's about OU now. 11 a.m. on ABC. You know, like that's. That's like the crappiest development in college football is that 11 a.m. has become like one of the premier time slots. We need everyone in college football to stop watching the 11 a.m. Start sleeping games. in, guys. Come on. Stop watching them. Start start sleeping in. Jeez. Yeah, yeah but that's, that's probably going to be the case here uh, moving forward. But still, with 11 a.m. kicks – You'll still have good at, a good atmosphere because everyone's pumped up right now. Oh. Everyone's in a very good mood and excited, as they should be. Good time to ask you about this. Um, what, if any, recruiting momentum have we gained? And, like, some of these upcoming games, do we have big official visits coming, like, for UCF? Yeah. And- you, um, you've got Eddie Pierre-Louis. Rival says he's a top 40 player nationally. Will be in town for the UCF game. Um, he won't be the only visitor that will be there for the UCF game. Here, here's what it feels like is going to happen in the next nine days. You're going to get Daniel Kumi, number one player in England, four-star offensive lineman this Thursday, and then Michael Boganowski, 4 p.m. a week from this Thursday. So that's, that's coming in the next nine days. Those two, those two announcements are official. I think you're going to get two more for 2024 in the next nine days. And then Eddie Pierre-Louis, I think you'll get him at some point. In October is going to be another really good month for you. But though this has given you momentum in 24, I've just seen so many times in my lifetime where beating Texas in a big game has really meant a lot for recruiting. I think in 2025 is maybe yeah. where you could feel that the most. Yeah, because you get on the radar of – of some big time players, uh, and and that's what a lot of people have always said is it's it's kind of the impression you make during this season will be felt not in this recruiting class but in the next one. Right? Though they still recruited well uh, off of a six and seven season, man. I know. Well, that makes you feel good, you know, yeah, if yeah, they really if does. they cap this thing off. Uh, this what, what's the what's the midterm grade for OU? What's the midpoint grade? I, CBS did this. They they gave Bama a B. They gave Georgia an A minus. And they gave LSU a C plus. To you in the text line, what is the midterm grade so far for OU? Hmm. Regardless of what it is, if I tell you before the season that they start six and zero and they beat Texas, it would have been an automatic A plus in August. You right. know, I yeah. just. But I'm curious if it's an automatic A plus now. I. What are we grading? Are we just grading like because I think it's an A plus with like where they've come from to where they are, but they are not an A plus football team. Hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? And that, that's not a bad thing either, man. Right. That's that's okay. I, I think that I think I would give them a. I think I'd probably give them a B. 
a B. Dang. Okay. I was going to give him like an A or an A minus. Yeah. There's a lot of good in there, and I'm typically too negative. I'm going to give him an A just because of how big that win was for the program, just for, for everything. Like, that's really what I'm grading this thing on, I just how big that win was. I just see a frustrating amount of mistakes still. Um, but I'm not. I'm just saying, like, that's fine. I don't need them to be an A-plus football team right now. I just need them to continue to get better and eliminate the mistakes. You know, I if you – for example, if you go back to the 2000 football team, that team wasn't an A-plus football team the whole year, right? You kind of built into some of those moments. Um, it, they were an A-plus football team when they played the best teams on the schedule, though. That's the thing. That's true. That's true. A-plus at the right time. Um, I – for us to be an A-plus football team, we have to become way better at special teams. Right? And I would say they still need to do though, – though it was good on Saturday, they still got to show consistently that they can run the ball. Yeah. Week in, week out. Right? I mean, so special teams and run game, those are the big hurdles that you have to overcome to get to an, a, to, to an A-plus team. Yeah. I think they can still get there. Oh, yeah. For sure they can. We've just – we've got – you know, which, you know, credit them for, for giving up a fake punt and uh, a block punt for a touchdown and still winning the football game. And another special teams play where they give up 30 yards of field position. That was a... On the uh, attempted trick play. That was a wild turn of events. Not good. It's a weird... I know we talked about it yesterday, but that's such a weird play and that's a hard one. In the future, you just have to hand it, right? Yeah. Which makes it hard. Boomer Bowtie says an A minus. 918 says B plus. Special teams need to be better. Here's an A from the 918s. Here's an A minus from Missouri. Here's a B plus from Panda and Texas. Have some work to do, but they're an awesome team. Uh, B plus from the 580. Special teams needs work. Offense can still be sluggish. Defense has blown assignments. Georgia Sooner says A minus. What's keeping us from A-plus run game and special teams? We should always have room to improve. Mark in Newcastle says B-plus. Santa John says A-minus. Clint B in Tulsa says B-plus. So, yeah. B, B-plus, A, A-minus right there, right there in that category. Few are giving them an A-plus. You know, I'm just thinking about something. I think the rule on that kickoff – return I think it's the wrong rule what is the rule because I was trying to I get guess what it was in that moment did he did he have to be behind behind the guy that was uh pitching no, him the ball like what what is they were do? saying that the I think per the rule the ball has to be going backwards and it what did it not it looked no, like it was it, going backwards. no it was he Tossed it behind himself, but he was moving forward mm. when he tossed it behind. So the ball, although it was behind him, the ball's still moving forward. So my, like, the reason I think it's the, the wrong play is because imagine you are running the option and the quarterback turns it upfield and the tailback keeps the pitch relationship – 
So now they're running downhill, and he like pitches the ball. He pitches it to the player behind him, but the ball's still moving forward. Does that make sense? No, it doesn't, and it didn't at the time, <laughs> to be yeah. quite honest with it's you. It's such a weird call. It's, uh, it's, it was a weird call. Yeah, it was. I don't uh, understand. Physics it. are a B, says a they texter are. from the 515. Yes, it, yes, they are. Christian Chicago, A-plus based on preseason expectations. A-plus as opposed to last season, says a texter in the 405. Okay, so a few more A-pluses rolling in. Well, hang on a second. You can't say A-plus compared to last year. Are we grading as, in- as opposed to last season? Okay. Is what they said. Ah, nice. That's Thank Tennessee you for the Center. correction. Yeah. Upon further review, we had to review that one like they reviewed five or six Everything different else? plays on Saturday. I look, man. I'm sure other teams are saying, "Man, I have really noticed the new clock rules in college football, and it just uh, seems like the plays going faster and the games are going faster." OU's got to be the only no. team in the country where that's that's not that's not going on. In fact, the games are longer than they have ever been as far as I can remember, especially the first quarters. That's what I was about to say. Every game so far at the end of the first quarter, we've looked at each other and said this is going to be an 8-hour football game. And somehow I you know, I guess it's the networks or whatever steer the thing back into the into the general vicinity where it should be, but yeah, it that's been crazy. I, I was going to ask you about this while we're talking about reviews. What did you think of the fumble that was overturned? So, in real time, I uh, in a game like that, I'm definitely the guy where you can't tell me anything different. Well, I mean, it's moving. It, it looks like he's getting ready to fumble. So, I thought in real time, and I was very biased in this, that the ball was – it wasn't totally out of control, but it looked like it was starting to get out of control. The call on the field was a fumble. I right. think they should have. And that's what was important to me at the time is, well, they called it a fumble on the field. I and agree. I don't, and I don't think that you can say definitively that that is not a fumble. I think that they should have kept it a fumble on the field. I agree. And I said the exact same thing on the broadcast. You know, they're ripping at the ball. It gets punched. He loses control of the ball, and then he, like, pins it between his forearm and his body. And that's what they considered reestablishing control. I thought that was kind of a reach. Yeah, which they end up getting the interception uh, on that drive still, right? So I guess Is that right? Yeah. I think they did maybe a play or two later after that where uh, Jatavian Sanders just gets destroyed yes, over the does. middle of the field. But, yeah, should have been a fumble. Real quick, Andrew Anthony out for the year. Mm. Um, how big of a deal is it for this team? I think it's big. Now, I think it's, I think it's a big deal and a problem, but I do think that we're equipped to possibly fill that void. Um, you just can't deny he's the leading receiver he's got 27 receptions he's got the most yards uh he's been I think our most dangerous deep threat he's got the longest catch of the season he does only have the one touchdown but you know most of those deep balls have been somewhat contested and he's caught it and gone down but he's been our big play wide receiver up to this point as far as pushing the ball down the field with the most regularity 
So, yeah, I mean, he he leaves a really big void. Again, we've got the possibility to fill that role, but that's not a guarantee. There's some continuity with the deep ball that I think is important. Yeah. Um, what makes me feel a little bit better about that is that, really, dude, the one time they threw the ball deep, it was Farouk on the receiving end of that, and they made a play off of it. But just the the overall continuity of the deep ball, I think he probably has it with Nick Anderson. I know he has it with Jaleel Farouk, but I think that that's what you're missing. If it means more reps for Petaway or for Brennan Thompson, that's something throughout the next two weeks I think that they're going to have to to you know really get on the same page with. Yeah. Which it's probably going to be hard to do that with Brennan Thompson. I I tell Dylan just throw it as far as you, as you can and as early as you can if. Yeah. Uh, if 15's on the field, yeah. running to go routes. The same page, he's always he's at the end of the book. It doesn't matter where what page you're on, so you've got to throw it just as far yeah. as you can. You're not going to catch up and get on the same page. So try and out-throw the guy. I know we haven't seen a lot of him, but he, he could develop into a real weapon for this offense. Okay, then tell me why we haven't seen a lot of him. Because he's been – well, he was hurt at, at the beginning of the year. Right. He reemerged briefly for a player two, exciting player two. Why didn't we see him against Texas? Maybe he was. Um, I mean, he was dressed out. Maybe he still wasn't one hundred percent last week because he. There was a thought that he got hurt in the uh, Iowa State game. Yeah, Hopefully which doesn't make you feel good, right? Um, yeah, that that's already happened a couple of times hey, this year. You know, maintenance on a Ferrari is not an easy thing. Okay, when you have guys that are elite, high-speed type of players, they're living on the edge of of injury often. So it's something you just kind of have to deal with. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Keep hitting us on the text line, 651-3439, Knippelmeyer text line. We'll be back. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is The Ref. The new In Motion Clinic in Norman will work with each patient to take a holistic approach to health and wellness. Functional sports medicine physician Amanda Sadler, MD, is committed to pre-diabetes before it leads to type 2 diabetes. To learn your risk, take the one-minute test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. And, and I used to have to take notes on both teams, but I didn't have to take notes on Texas. I only had to take notes on OU. And they do have one note. Their quarterback's hell of a player. I, did you all write that one down? That was an easy one. So there you go. If the Dylan Gabriel debate wasn't already over, the Mike Gundy seal of approval for Dylan Gabriel means the quarterback debate is officially over here. Dylan Gabriel is, in fact, a really good player. Yes, yeah. he is. Yes, he is. Um, look at Gundy getting on the film early. I, I know. Didn't have to watch Texas, just OU. <laughs> Quarterback's a hell of a player. Uh, that was his big takeaway. Hey, he remembers earlier this year whenever he was in that that meeting with his coaches, and he said, what happens when we play Texas? Well, it was TCU, oh, right? Was it TCU? Yes. <laughs> he was all mad about it, and they were like, we don't play him. <laughs> Eight's a good player. I, I just wish he would have said eight there. That, I know. That, that would have been so much better. Uh, all right, let's get to some uh, text here. Eric in Illinois says, no one wanted to see Andrew Anthony go down, not minimizing how great he is, 
But I also feel like there are guys that haven't been able to get in the rhythm due to the quality of receiver across the board. Feels like we might see an explosion from a receiver or two who have been hungry for more opportunities. I think there's some truth to that. Um, yeah. Hopefully, it's as easy as Nick Anderson has like that's 11 I, catches and six touchdowns. That's honestly, like in the <laughs> near future, that's what I think that this probably means. Let's see. If if he can get to um, Andrew Anthony's 27 catches, he will have like 15 touchdowns. So that's going to be awesome. 918, what's the deal with Gavin Freeman? I thought he was going to be, quote, the man. I, he hadn't hardly played. Mm. He had that one drop. Remember the third down that hit him in the face mask against SMU? Yes, I do. I don't think he's caught another ball since. Well, he he caught one against Iowa State, didn't he? I think just one, though. Yeah. Um, it's been few and far between for him. I don't I mean, I, I don't know that you can necessarily tie it back to No, maybe to that he specific. did have a catch on uh did he have a catch on Saturday? Because I, I thought I heard some people yell, Stoops when he caught it and that it was, was actually guy? Freeman. Yeah. He had yeah he had one catch yep. for nine yards yeah that's okay. what I thought happened. I probably heard the stoops and just assumed it was it Drake. It was Drake, yeah. <laughs> Same thing next year too. Speaking of Drake, what did you think about the decision to go for it on fourth and two around midfield? And I think that was the fourth quarter. Felt like a uh, big miss at the time. They don't pick up that first down. Remind me of the play. Yeah, they throw it to Drake Stoops. Over on the uh, sideline, just past the first down marker, and they can't complete the play. Yeah, I f- if they go for it on fourth and two. Texas gets it back. I feel like we thought maybe on the broadcast that was that ball tipped. Is that the one that ended up pretty much pretty far behind him? Uh, I, I mean, I thought it was a good enough ball to be a first down. Oh, uh, okay. If I remember correctly. Gosh, I just don't remember the specific play. Fourth and two. Fourth and one at the Texas forty-eight. Uh, 54 seconds left in the third quarter, and DG incomplete plat- pass to Drake Stoops. And on Texas' next possession uh, was the was the goal line stand. It was right after that. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Um, I see it here. What? Yeah, we, we turned it over on downs. They went down and turned it over on downs inside the one, right? Yeah, that was it. Okay. Yeah, well. So not much of a thought then. Pretty insignificant play of the game. I thought it was going to be big in the moment because they get a fourth down stop, big momentum shift, and they got a chance to go tie the game. I thought that was going to be a big moment, and, well, it didn't really end up end up being that big of a moment, I well, suppose. I guess it's crazy, though. You know, um, Texas kicked a, a field goal with a couple minutes left in the third quarter, and then – we have the drive stall out on downs. They have the drive stall out on downs. Uh, like that was that was a lot of time that surpassed with like basically just kind of exchanging the football. I guess our drive was only a minute long, but um, still that that was a. I mean that would have been way more significant had Texas punched that ball in, right? Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I said that we would answer this question via Twitter. It says, any discussion from you two on who the Big 12's marquee matchup will be after OU and Texas leave? And I love that everyone um, for the past three weeks has been adding an extra S at the end of Texas. <laughs> Not one matchup does anything for me. I feel like the Big 12 will be the only conference 
without a marquee rivalry game that people will actually watch? Yeah. You're losing one of the best. I mean, in my opinion, you're losing the best rivalry game in all of college football with the best setting and everything that goes into it. What is the what's the next best rivalry in the Big Twelve? I the Holy War, Utah and BYU. Kansas, Kansas State. Kansas, Kansas State, the Sunflower Showdown. Farmageddon, uh, K State, Iowa State. I that seems like that's it. Are there any other like what you would Baylor and TCU basically said, hey, we're kind of good at the same time eight years ago. Let's just start calling this a rivalry. What do you say? Yeah. I mean, there's not really – Like, OSU, like, does not have one. They they don't have one. They don't. They don't. I, I think some are going to develop, but I don't know. There's, there's not going to be, a like, a real key nationally relevant year in, year out. I guess if Kansas and Kansas State continue to be good, it, it will be. But but still, on the grand scheme of things, no. that'll fall pretty far down the list. I, I still, and I, I know I differ from a lot of people, I still think the Big 12 is going to be a really good conference. Like, entertaining, competitive, um, solid football teams coming out. I, I don't know, at least in the near term, it doesn't feel like they're going to have a national title contender, but... I do think that being a Power Five conference and being a, a, a pretty good group of schools, I think that someone is going to emerge as the winner of Texas and Oklahoma leaving and be able to build at least somewhat towards being nationally competitive, but yeah. I don't know who it's going to be. Just not a lot of uh, big-time fan bases, not a right. lot of big-time rivalry, so the point uh, from the tweeter there still stands. Maybe uh, I could see OSU. Like Arkansas, That's who I would think. Arkansas and Missouri did this, and it was well, okay. Uh, welcome to the league, Missouri. Like you're like north of us. Let's let's come up with a trophy that outlines our two states and start a rivalry. I could see with I could see OSU doing that with like Texas Tech. Like let's come up with a trophy and uh, start a rivalry. What yeah. do you say? Probably. I think that Oklahoma State, the gold mullet trophy, is is the team that should emerge from the vacuum left by Oklahoma and Texas as a huge winner. Um they should. I just we'll we'll see what happens the rest of this year. Yeah. They they better start uh, adapting to today's college football before I before I get there. Well, some of those comments from Gundy sounds like it's almost like, "Hey, if this is what y'all want to do and this is what we're going that's what we're going to do." We're going to start diverting everything because we got to make a decision between facilities and everything and NIL. We're going to be asking our donors to divert funding to uh, name, image, and likeness. And See, I think Gundy should be able to kill it in the transfer portal. 918, don't forget Colorado will be in the Big 12, so expect a rivalry with someone. I think uh, they call it the Rumble in the Rockies between Colorado and Utah now. Really? I think... Colorado, for whatever reason, is going to find themselves in a rivalry with every single per- team that they play over Seriously. the next couple of years. Especially if they keep uh, <laughs> going to the student section, flashing their uh, watches to, to everyone after close wins. So was he – what do you do? Go put that watch on and do that? Like you don't Ran to the student section and just like pointed at it right in front of him. Huh. Yeah, it was interesting. 
to Arizona State. It was Arizona State, right? Yeah. Who just had the worst luck this year and not a very good team. All right. Okay. Arizona and Arizona State. Yeah, I forgot about that rivalry. Well, if that's the best they have to offer, it's not, not yeah. going to be great. Does not count. Does not mm. count as a big-time rivalry. At least not right now. Mm. Um, I like what Kill- Kenny Dillingham is going to do with that program. Um, I think Arizona is well-coached. I think both of those teams have the ability to come into this conference and compete. Uh, see what's I think I think this is what's great about the Big Twelve. Colorado's rivalries with Gucci. That's nice, Captain <laughs> Willer. Go ahead. Uh, I think the the Big Twelve is going to like totally be made up of teams like fan base, notoriety, access to recruits is all about the same. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, there there are some jobs like UCF's in more of a favorable spot for mm-hmm. recruiting, TCU. But they're still – they're in a favorable spot for recruiting, but they're still yeah. like – But if you were to rank the jobs in college football or to rank the recruiting potential, just like encompass everything into every program in the sport, it feels like a lot of those Big 12 schools would be kind of, you know, log jammed in the same spot there. It's almost the same – place over and over and over like utah and kansas state and tcu and cincinnati like they're all somewhat the same now cincinnati i think has a has an interesting spot for them but boy uh cincinnati houston and ucf winless so far in the big 12 who's cincinnati got iowa state at home this weekend yeah that's who they play Let's look at the conference real quick, actually, because you're going to be out tomorrow, and we'll get back to it on Thursday. Um, This week in the conference, you've got, yeah, you've got uh, Iowa State at Cincinnati. Let me read you off this list. Iowa State at Cincinnati, West Virginia at Houston, I think even KU at OSU, BYU at TCU, Kansas State at Tech. To me, it's pretty obvious who the best team in the conference, or two teams in, in the conferences are right now, OU and Texas. I think that any other game in the league is just anything could happen, man. Yeah, I agree. With you that. could have Tech with the backup quarterback go out to Baylor, who just had an epic win on the road, and Tech smashes Baylor and Waco. Mm-hmm. Those five games this weekend, anything could happen. And the largest spread is uh, TCU at home minus six. Well, yeah, I, I I agree that anything can happen, except for the. Iowa State Cincinnati game. Now, what do you mean? It can't happen that someone's going to score over twenty points. It can't happen that Cincinnati's going to be uh, Iowa State. Feels like Iowa State's got something rolling here, Dude, man. I'm just telling you right now, Cincinnati, who has not played Iowa State that I know of uh, under this current regime, is going to play that defense. Like right now, they're watching film, saying, "What in the hell are we looking at?" The way that how how crazy they play defense and how schematically it yeah. looks like chaos. Emory Jones could make a few mistakes on yeah. Saturday. It's I I think that's going to be a disaster for Cincinnati. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. A couple of segments left. Stay tuned. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is the ref. Hey, Sooner basketball fans! It's time for one last go round in the Big Twelve at the Lloyd Noble Center. Your men's basketball season tickets are on sale now and start at just $149. Secure your seats now and don't miss out on any of this year's Sooner Hoops games. Visit Soonersports.com 
or call 800-456-GO-OU. That's 800-456-4668 to purchase your tickets today. We'll see you at the LNC this season. Boomer Sooner. GMC continues its commitment to professional-grade engineering in the GMC Truck Series, like offering the world's first available six-function multi-pro tailgate on Sierra. This tailgate takes innovation to the next level with six distinct functions that let you load, unload, and access the cargo box quicker and easier. The list goes on, but it's more than just innovative engineering. It's knowing GMC is committed to professional-grade excellence on every level. See your Oklahoma GMC dealers. This is Toby Rowland. Did you know that more than 80 million people depend on AM radio each month for news, weather, and emergency information? A new bill in Congress would make sure AM radio remains in cars because when cell and Internet services go down, this far-reaching free service may be your only lifeline. Text AM to 52886 and tell Congress to support the AM Radio for Every Vehicle Act. This message is brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Messaging and data rates may apply. Entrepreneurs and Moore Norman in South Oklahoma City have an experienced business partner in their neighborhood. Moore Norman Technology Center's workforce and economic development team understands the challenges entrepreneurs and small businesses face every day. From building an effective business model to hiring the right employees and managing cash flow, Moore Norman's business development experts can help you move forward confidently and thrive knowing that you have a skilled partner at your side. Learn more about Moore Norman's Technology Center by calling 405-801-5000 or visit us online at mntc.edu. Are you frustrated with rising insurance costs or confused about your insurance coverage? At Rightway Insurance, each one of their clients is given a dedicated team of experts that work with you to address all of your insurance concerns. They are an independent insurance company that offers personal and business coverage. Rightway Insurance, 405-607-6014. Or request a free online quote at rightwayinsurance.com. That's Rightway Insurance at 405-607-6014. There are many ways to celebrate a life. For over 80 years, Primrose Funeral Service in Norman has been providing comfort and guidance to families in memorial planning. Prearranging a memorial is the best way for families to take it slow. Talk in a calm, compassionate environment away from the stress and sadness of loss. Primrose Funeral Services offers prepaid plans that protect your loved ones from hard financial decisions at a difficult time. Contact Primrose Funeral Service at 405-321-6000 or visit them at primrosefuneralservice.com. Mike Steele here for Cavens Group. Do you need help with fire, water, or mold remediation? Cavens is a local company that's been in business for over 15 years in the Oklahoma City area. Because they know you can't predict emergencies, Cavens is available 24 hours a day to help with emergency services or commercial maintenance. Call them at Cavens Group today, 405-573-3048, or go online to cavensgroup.com. This message is for all of you sitting in the passenger seat, and apologies if it gets a little uncomfortable, but how does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text is more important than your life? Someone who takes their eyes off the road while speeding along in a three-ton hunk of steel. Freaky, right? Well, why not just ask them to stop? Or better yet, volunteer to text for them. It might be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. All right, we'll see you in Columbia. Bring your Columbia jackets. That was a joke.
Brian Kelly, the gift that keeps on giving. Final hour of the rush, Riverwind Casino and Hotel, bringing you the final hour. Hit us up on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Midway point of the regular season. What's the toughest game left? ESPN FPI says at Kansas. I would tend to agree with that one, though. I'm starting to think that oh, OU ain't going to see Jalen Daniels when uh, they travel to Lawrence. Something's got to be up here. Well, Bean's played well. We haven't seen him yet. I mean, we've seen Bean the last two years. Um, yeah, that's not going to be an easy game. You're going to be going up against one of the better offenses in the country. Um, I don't think it'll be the best environment, though. What do you mean? I think Oklahoma State, BYU, probably a louder environment than, than Kansas, but – I don't know. Things have changed in Kansas. Things have changed, but I mean, they they're five and one. When's the last time Kansas was five and one? Mm-hmm. Mangino was uh, it has the to be right? I'm sure. But I just think like the atmosphere that you're going to face at Stillwater in Stillwater, regardless of what happens here on out. Um, I think I don't think all I don't three think road Lawrence games gonna are going to be good. That. I think going to be tough environments. Mm, okay. Well, I mean, tough environments. Compared what to what? Mean? Yeah, compared to what? I think think you're going to have a packed, loud crowd all three places. Now, the makeup of Oklahoma State's layout probably – I have never seen BYU's, but Oklahoma State's layout can get really loud because it's all right on top of you. I just I, They're going to act like idiots up there. That's yeah. I think that's the toughest environment Kansas, you're going to face. Is going to be packed, but there's so much space between the stands and the field there. It's weird. And I still, there's going to be a good amount of OU fans up there as well, mm-hmm. just with the amount of fans that that live in that area. And then at BYU, I don't, I don't even know what to expect at that point. They're two and four as a football team right now. What their their big win is? What Arkansas? Yep. And Arkansas is, I think they're two and four as well right now. Seven one nine says every game will be the toughest game. That's right. Hmm. I don't. There's some coach speak there. Well, I think UCF is long. I think they're going to be getting Plumley back, won't they? <sighs> Maybe not. They said after he because he got hurt in that Boise game. Was that the weekend that OU was in Tulsa? Maybe I feel like it was. They said a few weeks. It, it it always felt like it was going to be right around that timeline yeah. when he was going to be back. They're dangerous. They've got a good offense. Now their defense isn't very good. They've given up a ton of points, but. I, we should win that football game. I'm just saying, like, if they get their quarterback back, it's a, it's a team that, you know, can score some points if you if you screw around. Uh, Kansas, obviously dangerous, and Oklahoma State. I, I'm glad they whipped Kansas State because, I if if there was any chance that we were going to sleepwalk into that game. You think it's minimized by seeing what they're capable of, and it's going to be a crazy environment. It's going to be difficult. Like that's not going to be an easy game. And you say the same thing about West Virginia. Like West Virginia, we're more talented. Right? We've got an advantage everywhere, but they're four and one, and their only loss is to a really good Penn State team. That I think that game was like a three point game at halftime, and. and and BYU and T, like, I think every game remaining, if you mess around, you can lose. 
Um, yeah, but I think any loss from here on out in the regular season is not – one, it's obviously not going to go over well, but I, I would look at it as a bad loss. I just – Well, any of them are going to be a bad I, loss. I, I mean, I just, I just think that you're, you're just better than all these teams, man, and, and a lot better in most cases. On a typical year, like last year's not a typical year, we're better than everyone we play in the regular season. And other than, like, what, 2000, 2004, and what other year? That undefeated in the regular season? 2003, 2000. 2000 is 2000, 2003, 2004. Yeah. If you want to go with undefeated in conference, they 2016 they were undefeated in conference after losing two uh, non-conference games, but it, it ain't easy, man. The point is... I'm not picking them to go 12-0. and 0. I'm just, like... That's the thing. It's like, who do you select on here? They're better than everyone on the schedule, and they should win every game. When you're Oklahoma, you should win. You Rarely do you play someone that you shouldn't beat, but, you know, that's just how it goes. I, I don't know who I would pick on here. I, I think they lose one of these games. It's not that I sense some weakness or one of these teams is super scary or the environment's going to make them fold. I can't sense any of that. They're going to be a massive favorite in all of them. I'm just going off of like the probability and how difficult it is to navigate a season undefeated. Well, okay, well, we can at least agree that they should be 11-1 and at the end of the regular season. Can we all agree on that? At least 11-1? Have to be. You have to. I mean, you barring something crazy that's happened, like we lose our quarterback. Yes, it still seems that we're almost timid, like moving forward. Like you just beat a top three team and you outplayed them, but there still tends tends to be a little like, eh, I don't know if I'm ready to go. Like the, the fact you you've got to take advantage of the opportunity that you have, and the opportunity that you have right now is you have the best path to the college football playoff. I'm not saying you yeah. have the best team, but you got the best path to the playoff. You got to take advantage of that. Go get, go 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 make the playoff this year. Well, it's right there in front of you. So the interesting thing to me is, like, we were talking about the FPI. The FPI has Oklahoma as a. This is some crazy stuff. A forty percent chance to make the national championship now, That's game. a little too aggressive. As much as I like to cite that, that's, but, that's okay, aggressive. But here's what's crazy. A 40% chance to make the national championship game, a 41% chance to win out. So even though they're going to be a huge favorite, and you went through the individual games, right? They're all like 80. 89% was the lowest, and that was at Kansas in a few weeks. 89% is the lowest like percentage chance to win those games. And you still only have a forty percent chance of winning out. That's kind of where I'm. Sure. I'm going. By the way, thing. John Rush Plumley, um, he played a bit against Kansas, but he he didn't play the entire game or even most of the game. He was three for seven. Looked like yeah. he was hobbling around a little bit. One other thing on environments. I was reading a story today about uh, Greg Sankey being at the OU Texas game and Texas athletic director Chris Del Conte. I guess Sankey was looking around saying, oh, this is this is awesome. This is amazing. CDC is, yeah, and imagine this thing at 2.30. Make it happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> Trying to sell him on it. Right. Uh, it's How about this, Del Conte's voice booms. Now imagine it with kickoff at 2.30. Let's make it happen. Yeah. I guess that's a, that was a quote. Well, 
the the initial thought from Sankey was probably like, I feel like anything other than eleven may be dangerous, <laughs> right? As as crazy it was as it was, but no, I two like I would have two thirty would have been. Oh my gosh! I mean, it was already insane, insane on Saturday, but but you know yikes. what? It was weather that you could tolerate a two thirty kick. Usually, a two thirty kick in that game is a death sentence. Well, I, I still left with the fans and players. I still left with a nice sunburn. It did heat up in there, didn't it? It really, it really did. Yeah. yeah. And it was not as hot as years past, but I've kind of felt sitting there in the third quarter. I'm, I got lied to a little bit. Yeah. About how perfect of a game this is going to be. It's the like, game was perfect, but the weather, you know. It's like this 75 degrees. But I'll take still that. Still feels I like a. I don't want to complain too much. I'll, I'll still. I'll take what we had last Saturday there every yeah, year. It was good. All right, quick timeout. We'll come back and wrap things up. Six five one three four three nine. If you want to send a final text on the Knippelmeyer text line. Talking sooner. Is your business looking to get more from technology? If so, let RK Black help design a technology platform or cloud solution that propels your business forward. RK Black has helped numerous organizations have better mobility and more efficiencies through technology. Visit us online at rkblack.com or call 943-9800. Hey guys, TJ here for my friends over at Joe's Wines and Spirits. Football season is in full swing, and when you need a great selection of your favorite beer, wine, or liquor, do what I do and go see Kathy and her staff. They have tons of specials, like this month, Fireball, Bacardi Rum, Black Box Wines, and more. Joe's is open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. and noon to 5 p.m. on Sunday, right here in Norman, 1330 East Alameda, or visit Joe's Wines on Facebook for all their monthly specials. Everyone wants to watch Dylan, you know, Gabriel and to Anderson, da 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 da. Watch Walter Rouse. And I don't know if you guys have talked about Oh yes. The left tackle blocking two guys. He sees the corner coming, corner of safety off the left edge. He's already blocking the D end and he gets a hand out on him to give Dylan just enough time to get that ball off. Amazing play by by him. Too many times old linemen get overlooked. As Bob Stoops on with us yesterday, talking about Walter Rouse and that incredible play that he had. Legacy block for Walter Rouse. It's more than likely the way that we'll always remember him. Unless he does it again. I guess he could always do it again in a semifinal or a Big 12 championship game. Yeah. I'd be down for that. I Start scheming things up where he blocks two guys. Is that what we should do? I, Leave yeah. someone else uh, open? Yeah, I think that was a big moment for him. And... I take Jacob Lacey with that big sack and, and instrumental play on the goal line stand, take Walter Rouse, take Nick Anderson, take Peyton Bowen, take Jaron Canick, who was the leading tackler, Ethan Downs, guys that played well in this game. I mean, I don't think it's uh, unlikely that all of those guys – play much better from this point on and gather some momentum off that performance. That's what a game like that can uh, can do for you. ESPN College Football Playoff Predictor, 71% chance to make the playoff as it sits right mm. now for OU. 59% chance if their only loss is in the conference championship game. So I'm not saying that these are exactly accurate, but it's, it's, it's numbers. Bill Conley of ESPN ranked the 14 unbeaten teams in college football Michigan 1, Georgia 2, Ohio State 3, 
Oregon four, Washington five, and there's OU at six. I think he's using his own. Uh, yeah, SP plus. Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. Well, uh, we're in a good spot. Six games in, just got to keep it up. All right, that's it for us. You guys killed it on the text line as always. You drive the show. We're just along for the ride. Let's go have an ice cold Pacifico. You're listening to the home of Sooner fans, KREF, Norman, Oklahoma, and streaming live on the KREF app. The Ref Sports Radio Network.